Hi there, global citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, coming to you from Accra, Ghana. I'm here for just another two days for this trip around. I'll be going back to NYC for a bit, then back to Ghana. I have a lot of travel, so you're going to be hearing some guests from some different places in the coming months and coming weeks. So today... It's a rainy, I'm just going to say rainy day because you might not listen listen to this on a Monday. It's a Monday. It's a rainy day. We're just kind of chilling out. My guest is with me from the UK today. She's come down and I'm just really excited to host her. It's long overdue. (laughs) Long, long overdue. So I won't get too much more into, you know, how she's come to be here. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I'll go right into who she is. She is a success-driven leader with 20 years of experience delivering results across multiple industries. She is currently the global head of talent development at Christie's. She is a performance-driven human capital and organizational development professional with a successful track record delivering talent development strategies and programs that are directly aligned with a firm's overall objectives, such that the specific skills and capabilities meet the demands of clients and changing market conditions. She's worked in global roles throughout her career and has extensive experience working with senior executives to develop their workforce with a global agenda in mind. Her experience is anchored in aligning talent development with organizational profitability objectives and as a thought leader, trusted advisor, consultant, and mentor to clients and peers. Natasha Moore, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Yay! (laughs) Hooray! Okay, so tell us where you're from, where you're local, and what is your craft? Yes, so I am originally from Kingston, Jamaica in the West Indies. I am currently living in London via Australia. Okay. And we could say via New York. Yes, via (laughs) New York. Sure. Yes, and... My um, craft is really around helping individuals. I mostly work for, which which is important to say, I've only worked for people services organizations. Mm. And so my craft is around helping people at every level in the organization to deliver mm. okay. at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And more specifically, to ensure that they're making direct contribution to the profitability of the firm. Mm -hmm. People development. It's a nice place. So let me take a step back. Where in Jamaica? We know Jamaica is a lovely, one of my favorite places that I've been. I mean, I'm a traveler, but one of my favorite places. Tell us where in Jamaica you're from. So I'm from Kingston. So um, probably the Accra of Jamaica. Okay. (laughs) So I'm from Kingston, which is the the capital um, and the city, if you will, in Jamaica. Okay. But we know Kingston is a bit. Yeah. So, yes. So, specifically, specifically Washington Gardens. So, I grew up in Washington Gardens, more specifically on Weymouth Drive. Okay. (laughs) So, so I spent most of my my teen years. Okay. As, As people I'm call saying, it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Okay, nice. And so in terms of where you are local currently, where are you in London? What is your London town life? Where is that? So so central London. Okay. Um, and so my London town life is so located the borough market, Elephant and Castle, London mm-hmm. Bridge mm-hmm. sort of area. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll get a little bit more into the, the locality of it all. But yes. before that, let's talk about how you decided that, you know, people development was the place that you were going to anchor and grow your career. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting question. For me, it's, I worked at a, a global management consulting firm and matrix projects was a big part of it. So you got to sign on a project and you might work across different teams. Mm-hmm. And I worked on a project. I can't tell you, I don't remember the details of the project now, but mm-hmm. I worked with a couple of people in the learning and development team at the time. Mm-hmm. And I guess they were happy with what I did. Mm-hmm. Again, don't remember what that was, mm-hmm. but they had a, a position within that team. Okay. Part of being on that project, though, I felt like it was at the heart of developing people, mm-hmm. you know, being able to watch that, watch people's skill grow, watch people having sort of aha moments about their own development was sort mm-hmm. of felt both important and like urgent all at once. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and knowing that that could be a career yeah. was sort of. Ah, right. You know what I mean? Like before that, what was that about? You know, when you think about learning and development, you think about in the the corporate context training, Mm -hmm. what they were doing. Training was a small part of what the sort of the learning and development, a learning and development team that, that, and I should say that that is an in-house consultancy model. Right, right. You know what I mean? So it's a very different proposition than just, you know, people come to you for almost anything. Right. And right. it's your job to find a way to help that person develop. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. So, you know, I'm familiar with that space in the consulting world, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then you went from consulting into the corporate space, mm-hmm. right? And so where do you sit? You know, we all know about HR and I think yes. consulting firms do an excellent job of having yeah. that. You know, that's a great yeah. training ground to do and move into that, yeah. move in and out of this, that world. So, you know, most people just know about HR. Mm-hmm. So where do you typically sit in relation to the HR function? Yeah, so it's interesting. One of the, my formation in the learning and development space was a really important one because mm-hmm. then it set the stage for how I wanted to practice that mm-hmm. craft. And so the point I made earlier around it being an in-house consultancy model, that model sat beside HR. Mm-hmm. And so it worked with HR in terms of a partnership, but it's a, it's a standalone function yeah, yeah. that if HR takes care of the care and feeding, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we take care of sort of that development piece. So mm-hmm. there's a, a relationship there, but it's a it's a standalone. I think it's important to say that because people think about HR in a different way mm-hmm. than, exactly. than you want them to think about learning. Right. So for me, it was really important that wherever I, that two things. One is that wherever I worked, it was going to always be global. Mm-hmm. in nature. So I always mm-hmm. wanted to be, be a part of global organization and to be a part of organization that had an in-house consultancy model. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't mm-hmm. have that, what it meant then you were buying in. Right. Buying in, expertise, sure. buying in. And sure. I wasn't interested in sort of facilitating that. I wanted to be part of creating that. Got and it. so yeah. Yeah, yeah, being yeah. a part of a, a in-house consultancy gives you a lot of opportunities to be creative. Right. Right. About and, how you develop people. And the independence, yeah. I think, to think beyond the, the confines true. of what the organization, because you basically are growing the organization in a totally that different way. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I think, you know, that's a really important point because my job right now and my job in the past has always been about one of the key things that I have to pay very much attention to mm-hmm. is what the corporate space is doing. Mm, glo- like globally. Right. Yes. And how yeah. do we 
stay what are changing markets? Right. How do we yeah. help people? So we are in a, so for example, we're in a, a global environment. Mm-hmm. We're in a multi-generational workforce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're in a, globalization is an idea whose time has come. Mm-hmm. And we're in a digital economy. Mm-hmm. And so my job, and if we think about right now, we're in a, I don't know if, 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 if it is that we're, we're transitioning through, I don't know where we are in a, this global pandemic, but we're also either in it, out of it, or in the middle of it. But those factors mm-hmm. impact how you develop a workforce. So my job is always doing two things at once, ensuring that people have the skills that they need now, mm-hmm. but also ensuring that the organi- I'm challenging Mm-hmm. the organization and challenging ourselves as a, as an offering to be able to help the organization get ready for the future. Right up there, mm-hmm. up there. Always. You. So, so, yeah. so we're doing the now and the, 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 the future as well, which is really interesting, but also can be very challenging. Right. Because a lot of the future stuff is aspiration. Exactly. Right. And it is in some ways you have to exert a quite a bit of influence on leadership. Yes. Right. Yes. Quite a yes. bit to get them to buy in. Yes. I mean, so you're yes. not buying in. They are needing to buy yes. into you yes. and believe in, okay, the way that you're steering. Exactly. Um, yeah. And part of that is that it, it goes exactly into that. So part of that is I have to have the confidence mm. that I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So I can't just have an idea about what's coming. That right. requires a lot of research. It requires ensuring that I stay on top of what the, the new technologies are. So right now, uh, Chris is, is really thinking about what a digital strategy in the L&D space could look like. Mm. And that is really important because mm-hmm. we can't do anything without it. Mm-hmm. However, we're still also having to navigate different challenges within the infrastructure. And my job is, I can't say, oh, I can't move Christie's along because, or any organizations mm-hmm. along because of the infrastructure. I have to say, what is the inspired of approach? Yeah. Because we are changing, infrastructures are changing. Mm-hmm. It's a very fluid space right now, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. in this post-pandemic. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Okay, very mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. So let me ask one, a thing that kind of goes back to our roots as, mm-hmm. as friends. Mm-hmm. So when I met you, you were, I think you were still consulting. Yeah. And and you did a whole pivot <laughs> Talking about human yes. personal development. Yes. So tell tell us why. Tell us first of all what your educational background is, yes. and then why you took that yes. that turn that angle yes. to come back. Yes. Yeah. So my undergrad is in. I went to NYU. Mm-hmm. You like you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I uh, my undergrad is in major is psychology sort of minored in economics. Okay, enough (laughs) of the business. (laughs) Yes, yes. And that was because I genuinely thought that I was going to get an MBA and make a whole bunch of money. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like that was the, that was the, you know, if you, yeah, that was the plan. But I think what you're talking about is my departing from. Yes. 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 From from my Yale experience. So, so I, at, when I was at in the consulting firm, a lot of I was traveling a lot, mm-hmm. luckily. Mm-hmm. So I've been traveling for work. Um, and even when I was a junior for work for since I was like mid 20s, right. early 20s, mid 20s. Right. And so I wanted a different kind of schedule. Mm-hmm. And so I left the consulting firm and mm-hmm. went into went. I took on a, a head of learning role at a law firm, my mm-hmm. first law firm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was there, I thought about. I wasn't going to do an MBA because it was no longer a desire of mine. Mm-hmm. I was still very much interested in the, the people development space. So I didn't necessarily need an MBA for that. But I've also always 
had a desire and an interest. And you know, you know this from our friendship that I'm deeply spiritual and mm-hmm. had an interest in theology. And, right. And and I the the truth is, Florence, I had all the trappings, but was unhappy, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. So I had bought a flat in Harlem. Mm-hmm. I changed my job. Mm-hmm. I wasn't traveling as much. And when I traveled, it was only to Europe and the places that I really loved. And so the world was great, but I was like unhappy. And I just, just didn't know why. Sure. And just wanting to do something else. And so I remember going to talk to a therapist about sort of where I was. And she said, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, what is an interesting question. And I said, oh, I would go back to school. And she said, I remember exactly. She's very excited. Oh, so what would you do? And there's something about like sharing that piece of going back to school with someone and that's their reaction. And the reason right. this is yeah. important is going back to jo- my roots in Jamaica. Uh-huh. Like you don't quit a job. Like, you, you know, going sure, back to right. school. Yeah, you like, know, you're, you're gonna, that, yeah, if you're a parent, like, like no. That, you, the yeah. immigrant parent mentality yeah. is sure. you, yeah. you have an apartment and you have a job and you're going to leave it to go back to why? Yeah. And then you're going to do... Um, Something that's not going to pay you more, right? The you know, your job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. And that time I, I was deeply in my spiritual practice in church and so mm-hmm. wanting to learn more that was an imp- important part of it but mm-hmm. i was also interested in ethics like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so going to yale was a great opportunity to do that and i also realized that i was at a point in my life that if i was ever going to quit school that was the moment in mm-hmm. terms of what mm-hmm. my i didn't mm-hmm. have or, or pick a family right. yeah or, i'm yeah. sorry if i was gonna do something else sure. i didn't have a family i just had myself to worry about sure 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 and so I, you know, when I said it to her, she's like, what would you do? And when I told her, she's like, oh, that's interesting. And I, I that was sort of the beginning for me in thinking that I, one, have said it out loud. Yes. Yeah. So it's now out there. Yes. And then two, that or that reaction to it, because then she said, I guess, suppose like she said to me, so how would you do it? And uh-huh. in that moment, sort of talking through some of that. So that was the rest that they say is history. Okay. So, t- so tell us, so but our audience doesn't know what you studied exactly. So tell us so, what you studied. So I, theology mostly mm-hmm. and ethics. Uh-huh. And I, so I went to Yale and studied for three years mm-hmm. and had a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, listen, it was about reading books. I love reading so it felt, yeah. it felt a little bit decadent at times because yeah. here I was. Right. Walk away from my job. And and it's important to say, listen, it wasn't a fairy tale, uh, you know, right in the middle of the financial crash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, but, but yeah. So I went and I studied theology and I left Yale after three years with a master's in divinity. Yeah. 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 So wow. that was. And that was just, a, and so did you, do you feel like you were able to hit that spiritual or do that get, was that the, tr- the transition and the experience? lift you yeah I think it's it yeah it's interesting because I think um so I have a a, another desire to write and Mm -hmm. reflective writing around the spiritual piece I Mm -hmm. think I think any you know education sort of opens you to different ways to explore that and I think in that way yes Mm -hmm. it it certainly did and introduced me to yeah so yeah I would say I don't know if you'd have on a and this is just me I don't know if on a spiritual level you'll ever hit I don't know yes, what it is that true. you're trying to it's hit, true. but I think you certainly can evolve. Right. I think one of my experience after that is, you know, at Yale, the the the, the Bible is 
is sort of the most sacred text of my life. And at mm-hmm. Yale, it's a textbook. Exactly. And there's a way in which yeah. one needs to sort of right. navigate that right. in a very academic way, but sure. also hold on to the, yeah. the, the yeah. my spiritual principle and the necessity right. that that brings, that which... Ah, also brings a different kind of that's so interesting yeah. because it's I didn't grow up very religious my parents were and they obviously yeah. both had their their religions we go to church that kind of thing but I wouldn't say that I was truly like religious yeah. right yeah. and so the first time that I really got I always had a bible around yeah. but the first time I got acquainted with the bible was as a textbook yes. in university yes. right yes. so there was a class called yeah. society Yes. Society, culture, whatever. It was a freshman class. Every freshman was, has to take yes, one. Yeah? Exactly. Yes, exactly. And, and so, and that has stuck with me in terms of how I look at the Bible. And and so, yeah, it's, that's a whole nother conversation, yes, but, yes. but I see where, you're, yes, where that yes, where that's Yes, at. so that yeah. was a, that was a, a blessing, but also difficulty too, um, as I said, because it's my most sacred text. Sure. And it's right. in in an institution like Yale, it's in pull apart, and right. you have to right. you have to know what you know, right. you know, and then, and that, and that's where I think this notion of spirituality versus religion mm-hmm. 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 is you, right. you then you then have to decide. Right, exactly, sort of, exactly. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing mm-hmm. for someone who's going into the field, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so now I want to know why the where. So you took that pivot, we reverse. Now yes. you're moving forward. So why the where? How did you come to be living, working, and playing where you currently live? Yes, so again, after Yale. So when I was at the consulting firm, I'd been to Australia for a work project, and one of I think I spent probably a month at one time and then mm-hmm. a little bit over a month. And I remember the last time I was there, I thought, oh, I would, I could live here. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, leaving <laughs> Yale, you quit, you've quit your job, right. you know. What's good? You can go anywhere. There you go. And, sure. I, and, and actually, it's important to say it because I do think the courage to quit my job and do something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm sort of created this other, well... Right, the other you. Yeah, the, so, um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well, now what do I do? And I think yeah. it was in my... Why sort of specifically the March before I graduated, the May, I have mm-hmm. a very good friend of mine who lives in Australia. She and I were having... It wasn't it wasn't um, WhatsApp yet. Maybe fa- whatever it is that we had. Mm-hmm. Fa- was it Facebook? Um, Skype, it Skype, maybe. Yeah, Skype. Skype. It was... We, yeah. we, yes, we had a Skype. <laughs> We had a Skype conversation. And toward the end of the conversation, just as I was hanging up, I said to her, you know, I should come to, I've always wanted, literally, yeah. I said it in this exact same way. I've always said I want to live in Australia. I should come join you there. And we both, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Why not? Yes, right. you should. And I, we got off the phone. But that the day I just kept thinking, yeah, why not? Right. Sure. And I sent her an email and I said, hey. Actually, I might explore it because mm-hmm. it's March and we're thinking and I'm graduating the May and yeah. having now to think about what I do next. And so she and she texts me back. She emailed me back and she said, if you're serious, I know a recruiter. Uh-huh. And I said to her, yeah, yeah, I am serious. And so, again, the rest, as they say, is history. I got my CV together. I met with a recruiter and 
And that's where you, yeah. that's where you ended in Australia. And yeah. so Australia, from Australia to the UK. Yeah. So I, so worked in Australia, meant to be there a minimum of four years. I headed up learning for that and OD for that region. Mm-hmm. And almost a little bit, almost two years into that role, the same organization that I was mm-hmm. at have it said to, said to me, listen, we have a role in London. And actually, I was helping them to recruit for that for the position. for the head of, yeah. of, of role in the UK. Yeah. And um then one Friday morning, my then manager called me and she, and I had a dotted line to her, I should say. Okay. What even being in Australia, because she was the global head. Sure. So I had a dotted and she called and she um we were chatting the morning and the evening. I sort of had an offer where over the weekend I had to do a pros and cons uh-huh. list of should I stay in Australia or go to London. Okay. And to be fair, I always thought that I would end up in Australia on my way back to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, end up in London, London on my way back. back to New York. So like I always thought I'd do Australia, then probably spend a year or two in London and right. then, you know, head back to New York. Yeah. Well, nine years later, I'm still in <laughs> London. And and to be fair, New York is still in the sites, but sure. I'm not in a hurry. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, you landed in New York, I mean, sorry, landed in London doing something specific, and mm-hmm. you did that, but now you work for... Christie's. The, yeah, the premier art house. So you, so you went from general consulting to law to Yale to Yale to then law to law again and then now yeah. you're in art yes okay yes. so so that's I love that <laughs> you're in creative now yes. so how is that different like how how have you had to adjust or have you had to adjust very much in terms of thinking about how you develop talent for an art institution I mean they're a business they're yeah. corporate so I'm yeah sure there's that but but tell us about that experience so I think so the when I I thought about what I wanted to do next in my career, mm-hmm. one of the, the the simplest decision that I made for myself is it needed to be in a totally different field. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it could I didn't want to do financial services. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do accounting. Mm-hmm. And art is very different. It yeah. can't be any. It can't be any different. Yeah. The the truth though is that my background prepared me for the the moment that I'm in because especially. With being a law firm, because the truth is, the specialty of law is no different than mm-hmm. the specialty of art. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to learn about the craft and the work that Christie's does at a sort of granular global level. Mm-hmm. But but so I'm having to learn about the work that Christie's does. You know the detail of the work. Yeah. So so I think the even though Christie's is sort of a different sector, mm-hmm. I'm having to learn about the sector. Mm-hmm. And oh no, as, what you had said is it was similar to law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, one would think because I'm in a different sector mm-hmm. and it's so different from everything that I've done that it would be a brand new area or I'd have to be learning a whole lot. Mm-hmm. My craft and what I bring to the table mm-hmm. is sort of, it's, it's transferable to so mm-hmm. almost any organization that mm-hmm. I go in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm right. able to do it. Sure. It just it then is all about where the organization is. Sure. And and being at Christie's though, what I've learned is that it's very it's very similar to being at a law firm mm-hmm. in the way that mm-hmm. a law firm have specialty areas. Sure. Christie's, Christie's have specialty Got areas, it. Got it. and in a way that I had to learn when I go went there mm-hmm. is the same way I have to learn here. Got it. Yeah. So it's it doesn't feel 
like I don't feel out of place. Sure. And it's not a huge learning curve. No, mm-hmm. it's just under it, because because I'm in, I'm in London, mm-hmm. so I understand the culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that moves. Mm-hmm. The the Chrissy had hired me for my expertise, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so they trust me. And there's a sort of yeah, um, and believe me, so that's easy. Mm-hmm. It's more about learning, understanding the industry, understanding the the the, the company in particular, and. The nature of my work, I get to do that by just in the way in which I support people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so right, if I have sure. to support someone, I have to ask, ton, ask them tons of questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I'm going to learn a little bit more. And all of a sudden, 10 months in, things are lining up. I'm not writing. You know, yeah. when you start something new, it's quite humbling because you don't have any shorthands. So you oh, find no. yourself in meetings, you're like writing down a question. Oh, or you're yeah. like, oh. And now the writing is a little bit less. So okay. there's still, you know, a lot to learn. But the more conversations you have, it's like putting puzzles together. Yeah. Because you then say, oh, oh OK, so that that's what you, that meant. Uh-huh. Or, you know, I spoke to, you know, Florence Got the other day it. and she and oh, do you work with Florence? Yeah. And this is how things fit together. So after a while, because my business is about asking questions mm-hmm. after a while, because it, it comes together. Right. And so I it never just when you said mm-hmm. that is when it clicked is that yeah. you are interviewing people all, all the, the time. time, all the time. Yeah. It's so, a constant yeah. like. Yeah. So it, if someone has a request, I need to understand the content. It yes. contextually right. to be able to know how I'm going to help them. Right. And so right. all the time I'm, I'm, I spend my, it's interesting because I say to people all the time that I have to be so both interested and interesting mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. I have to show myself to be both those things all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of curiosity that I have to be able to have to do my job. Well, mm-hmm. so in the outside world, it doesn't, I'm not asking mm. questions. I'm not like, mm. you know what I mean? We joked about like not even knowing curtains. Like, yeah, I just. <laughs> <laughs> right. In, in yeah. You got to be able yes. to like take, to shut it down. Yes. In yeah. my personal life, yeah. I just, it's, yeah, I don't, I'm not so going to ask extra questions if I don't need it because yeah. it's. Because you have so much information that you're always yeah. processing on an everyday that basis. Got so it. in my personal life, I feel like I, I need some downtime. If yeah. yeah. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm still curious about Chris in terms of like, I'm thinking if you're an art auction house, the types of people that you're looking to identify and bring in, where do you go for those people? I mean, you said that there's specialty and expertise. I mean, there's there's specialties like law, but tell me about the people that are specific art professionals and where you typically find those people. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you 10 months in. Okay, right? so yes, this, exactly. This yeah, right. So I don't, so my job is to, develop the people within Christie's Got it. to help them support their clients Got it. Got in it. different ways. So okay. when I was at the law firm, I supported both the lawyers mm-hmm. and also their clients. Okay. Got it. At Christie's, I'm supporting the... the, the, the it's all internal. Yes, internal, all internal. Basically. And it's internal all across. So people who support the infrastructure, people mm-hmm. who support who are sort of considered specialists. Mm-hmm. And so they get their, they have their, you know, Art is about what I'm learning. It's about building relationships with people. Someone mm-hmm. has something to sell, mm-hmm. and we are a place to want to sell it for them. Right. And so that is everywhere and anywhere sure. that you can think of. Sure. And a lot of those people have embedded, a lot of those people, meaning our specialists, have embedded relationships that they mm-hmm. had for a million years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, yeah. I get it. 
that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so let's talk, uh, take a little bit of a, a turn off from that professional stuff mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about the streets of London or <laughs> Jamaica or <laughs> Australia or Sydney. And I want to ask you my glocal speak question. Yeah. And so we want to hear what you hear. I ask you to share a word, phrase, or saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and why or how you came to value it as glocal speak. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting one. I, the, the one that keeps coming to mind. Listen, I think, um, and we talked about this yesterday about being older now, and a lot of the sayings that you grew up with. It's you make meaning out of it now yes. in life because yes. it just it just clicks. Right. We've had enough. We have enough years on us. But I think mm-hmm. for me, perhaps the two that I use all the time. One is in Australia. In Australians have a way of asking you how you're traveling. How you're traveling? Yeah, and like. Okay. To yeah. how you're doing, so, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. it's it means how you're traveling, and I think it's such. It, it, I've connected with that and use it all the time mm-hmm. now because it, it is it is sort of implies a holistic check in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it triggers in your mind. Well, when if you ask me how I'm traveling, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about wow, mm-hmm. that's my whole spatial mm-hmm. existence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just how are you doing. It's mm-hmm. how are you traveling. Meaning, there's a care and feeding piece mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. There's a how are you now, but mm-hmm. also how are you holistically. Mm-hmm. And so I use it all the time. I use it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I use it in conversation. So it's one that I actually. It's a part of my whole being. Mm-hmm. And I think the other one is around, and this is, is for me just really important, is just, just to think about in the context of my own work around, there's more to know. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. believing that there's mm-hmm. all, always more to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And, and, and just, and again, it's just really about holding space mm-hmm. for information, yes. curiosity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Particularly given like, I, I think of that because as you said, like, in your personal life, you ask less. Yes, yes. But you you know much more professional life, so there's always more to yeah, know, and, yeah. it, and it unfolds itself in its own time. Yeah. yeah, and in my, you know, this notion of always more to know is something that I also have to remember professionally mm-hmm. because we in, you know, the way in which I sort of operate in the L&D space, you hear a lot of stories, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're hearing stories about people that you know mm-hmm. or don't know. Mm-hmm. But even if someone, you're also having to remember that what you're hearing from an individual is one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're yeah. like, it's yeah. your, and, yeah. and so, so if, I, if I want to do my job well, mm-hmm. I have to hold on to that as being true for that person. Right. But if it involves other things, this is one version. Right, right. And you have to build that is a, nar- yes. a, a narrative around, yeah. around entire, what that is. And yeah. you have to, as best as you can, stay objective. Mm-hmm. Because people development, when you're talking about developing people, it's personal. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't get any more personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And so right. that is, no matter how striking it is, no matter what it is, holding that line is, is important. Right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. 
So we're talking global. I want to talk more about your travels, right? So you've been traveling since <laughs> since forever long. Yes. And and you're here in Ghana. Yes. On a staycation. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm so grateful for this because yes. you know, when I living here, most and we're in the city, so yes. most staycations or vacations are outside. So yes. go someplace outside of Accra. Yes. So it's so nice to be yes. in Accra. We're staying at a place called Embassy Gardens, yes. which we've have found to be quite lovely. Yes. yes. And so it's nice to just do something different in your city. So I would definitely recommend if you haven't. Yes. And I, I always think about it, but thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> no, no so, so you've traveled, you've been on probably three, four continents, five yes. continents. Tell us a little bit more about some of your favorite places or experiences yeah. in your travel, travel yes. log. So I, you know, listen, I think be, it's the immigrant story, right? Mm. You get on a plane and you get on a plane and you get on a plane. And I've been fortunate enough in in my... So I started traveling a lot professionally. So I should right. say that. Right. And I also started traveling a lot in a consulting firm. Right. And it's a very different... Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you know, yes. So you get the nice... Yes. Right, you know, right, right, right. So of, you, you kind of get... Spoil. Yeah, you do get spoiled, yeah. but it also creates a sort of precedent yes. for yourself yeah. in terms of how you want to travel and the right. way in which. So we talked about yesterday about when I just started traveling, I would try to see everything in a city. So mm -hmm. I'm in Ghana mm -hmm. for Easter and, and it's important. I've never been here before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a bucket list of mine. And so being here for just the Easter break. It's not so much about wanting to see everything. So when I just started traveling, I wanted to see everything. Okay. And I would go everywhere. It and, and it is, it, you leave and you're like, oh, I've been there. Mm -hmm. What did you do? Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> or you look at old photos and you're like, where was this? But I think for me, so favorite places that I have been to, loved Australia, loved it a great deal. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because it merges quite nicely for me, yeah. sort of Jamaica and New York. Oh, okay. So there's a, right. there's, there's a, a down, yes. a down homey feel yes. and a big city. That is correct. Yeah. And, you know, I lived in Manly in Sydney okay. and so it is underwater. It would take me seven minutes. Uh -huh. I used to leave my flat. I go across the street to Barefoot Coffee. After a while, they got to know me. I put my 250 down and I get a, a latte and I walk to the seven minutes to get my coffee and walk to the beach. Yes. I would take. I remember those photos. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And even when it's cold, I had a, a, a hoodie on and I'm yeah. at the beach. Yeah. Um, I would see dolphins on my way to work. I would always take the the the, the ferry. I used to take the, the 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 long ferry, and then I started taking a fast ferry, which is 18 minutes. Okay. To get to the office, sure. and so yeah, you know, you see dolphins on your way to work. You know, it's not going to last. You know that this sort of oh, yeah. So you have yeah. to just like sort of who whose life is this? Sure. So Australia, I would say, is for those reasons one of my favorite places. Other places, I love Rome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite a, nice. yes, yeah. 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 I like Hong Kong a lot okay. because I, again, that New York City. I land. hear. I hear a lot of good things about yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah. Hong yeah. Hong Kong is is yeah. is is sort of nice in that way. I like Prague probably. Okay. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of all my top my top ones. And what about Prague? Again, I think it's the people and it's just a slow city. Mm -hmm. And there's something about, and obviously, as I'm saying this to you, it's it's perhaps a, a slow living is what I'm craving a little bit sure, more sure. to sort of being present to what is happening mm -hmm. around me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would say those 
probably my all-time favorite Good, would it. be, yeah. I love London too, but yeah, mm-hmm. but I live there. So you sort of take that for granted. Right, as well. right, right, right. Exactly. Okay. I yeah. like that. That's nice. Yes. I want to understand a little bit more about where you see yourself in the next five years. Yeah. You're, you're a traveler. Yeah. You, you've just started a new journey. Yes. And so you, what's yeah. next? So I think it's interesting. I think for me, um, from a, on a professional level, five years from now, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to to do at Chris's is to build a competitive mm. market-leading learning and development function. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go five years from now. Yeah. We're hopefully yeah. delivering on a number of the strategic objectives that that that, that I have, and pro- perhaps building on that. Yeah. Five years from now, the world will will probably cease to exist in this sure. global sure. quagmire. Sure. Maybe. And let me just jump in. COVID. Yes. In work that you're doing, yeah. like how has that, you know? Yeah, I think you know we had. Uh, it's interesting because I was I changed jobs in COVID, right? <laughs> but right. the other at my previous place, we'd had to pivot to online, mm-hmm. and a lot of what so we did trying to be yes, trying to be very creative yeah. about how we support people online, yeah. and I think we did that quite successfully. Mm-hmm. But also, there are probably areas we are not so successfully right. because of the forum that we were in. But right. I think if you look at it holistically, we did that quite successfully. Right. I think so changing, it made then changing jobs during mm-hmm. the pandemic not mm-hmm. as difficult because I knew then how to operate mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. sort of virtual world. And it sounds like it in, has inspired this digital. Yeah, it has. Yeah. I think I think COVID for, and I think most organizations will say this, that there are opportunities that came out of mm-hmm. that. So I don't know that we would, we collective, we would move back to where we were mm-hmm. pre-COVID. I sure. think that we, there are opportunities of looking at what stays online yep. because it's useful, it's more efficient. Mm-hmm. And then how do you use, how do you reimagine what goes offline? Right. What are the traditional right. and traditional ways you can think about how you develop people? Yeah. So I think in that way, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very great space to be operating and it does the thing that in my five-year journey i think would be around this new industries around creativity and mm-hmm. it causes you to, to think creative creatively i think five years from now so the, the the professional piece would be i would continue to do much of the same mm-hmm. to try to yeah. to yeah, sort yeah. of um be successful there but i think also to be more creative, mm-hmm. you know, on a personal level to write. I want mm-hmm. to do that. And I've been doing a little bit of that. And even saying it out loud mm-hmm. is a big deal, I think, yeah. because yeah, you, I've it, been it, very quiet about it yeah, for a long time. It's all that intention. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a deep desire of mine mm-hmm. to to sort of put some some ideas. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think, you know, over two decades of career, I do have a little bit of some ideas <laughs> worth sharing. <laughs> so so I, I, I want to be able to do that with some intentionality. Sure. I think travel a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And, and I think like for me coming out of COVID and coming here, so you have been here now mm-hmm. for a minute and I've yeah. been in the UK for a minute and a big part of my job is traveling, but, but I often come to Easter or a long weekend. We have a number of long, we call them yeah, bank, holidays bank holidays. And, and I think, why didn't I make some plans? And I so and so I think for me, 
it would be that I am more intentional about mm. seeing and re-seeing some of the fa- my favorite places mm-hmm. much slowly, I think. So oh, slower, yeah, yeah, yeah. The slower pace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. right. Cool, cool. Uh, I like that. So on that note, yes. that's a change of mind. I want to ask you my mindset hack question. So what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? Now, this is one that you practice, one that you know of, or one that you can imagine. I think it's the one I've shared earlier. Okay. I think it really is clairvoyant for me. It's there's always more to know. Mm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it quiets the mind. Mm. It cre- it is almost the for it's a me, meditation. Yeah, it's yeah. The, because even if you're upset, mm-hmm. if you feel wronged, if you whatever it is, mm-hmm. just remembering, even when you think you know. Yes. Yeah. So that yes. for me is the biggest hack. Sure. Just reminding myself that there's leaving room that I don't know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's it's a way to be humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when someone gets upset with you, or when if you feel like you're being wronged, mm-hmm. wronged in quote, mm-hmm. or if you feel like you're being misunderstood, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's sort of you don't right. take it personally. Right. There's always more. There's something yeah. here that I don't know. There could be something here that I don't know, and. And it also forces me to remind myself there's one lens I'm looking through, but there's probably others that mm-hmm. I don't know, might never know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for me, that is that yeah. it quiets everything down for yeah. me. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. We're getting to the closing, <laughs> but not before we find out. We know that you're a voracious reader. We know that you like to watch. We know that you like to listen. <laughs> so I like to always kind of get into the who who are you outside of the work side of yourself. Yes. And I ask, are you a reader, a watcher, or a listener? And some of your favorite reads, watches, or listens. So I am a reader. Yes. Um, you know this. Mm-hmm. And I am... Um, I'm a listener of, I listen to podcasts, but not as much as I'd want to, because it's, I, I find that I'm always thinking about, I have a lot stored and a lot saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's time. So yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Um, I'm a listener of music. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing to mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. but I'm more of a reader. And so my top, some of my favorites are, I've just actually, I have a, a new favorite this year, the Essentialism mm. by Greg McEwen mm-hmm. is his name. Mm-hmm. And I really like that book because I've spent the last, I would say, two years thinking about productivity and how to be more productive mm. and how to use the time that I have. Right. I really often feel time poor. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I have, you know, I share this with you, you know, I'm all or nothing. So mm. when I'm carving out the time, to do things, I find that I have more time than more more things to do than time. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, I'd read a book a week. It almost mm-hmm. killed me, but I did. And but the thing that reason a I'm book saying, a week, yes, a wow. book every week. That uh, sometimes it was book of poems. It wasn't always okay, the it wasn't book, always but 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 it it required a sort of discipline. And what I learned from that, um, and actually, as I'm talking to you, probably that's where my obsession with productivity came about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I learned that you you couldn't do everything. Yeah. And I had to read something every day. Mm-hmm. And it felt and I had to make the time to do it. And I and I had to also decide what I wasn't gonna do. Right. And actually that started my whole I have so much that I want to do. And so how do I make the time? So I go back to this Greg McEwan book around essentialism, mm-hmm. around thinking about what essential people do and non-essential people do and how you mm-hmm. think about it. One of the biggest lessons that I learned from that is this notion around priorities. And he tells this story about 
the the original thought around priority was one thing and we pluralized it. We have. have yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. And, and that book is, that book was really powerful and sort of very like, um, I felt very agitated reading it in my mm. spirit, actually. Mm. Okay. And I realized it's because he was offering something that I so much wanted to grasp, but also knew that I lived mm. in a sort of a construct that is, the opposite of, of right. that idea, right? right. Like, right. how do you say no to things? How do you, you know? Sure. Anyway, so that's my, my one of my favorite. Some of, one of, some of my other fa- favorite books, are, and I, I would say, perhaps life. My most favorite one is Seats of the Soul by Gary Z- Zukov. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love the Four Agreements. I read that book every single year. Mm-hmm. Anything by Chimamanda, I love mm-hmm. because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I? What have I, else have I read lately that I that I loved? I so I've been reading a lot of um, books on productivity, and a lot of them I don't like. But and part and partly yeah. So we will talk about that. Part, partly, I, I think because they're not anything new, right? Sure. Like I, yeah. or, or it's yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I, but I would say my all time would be. I also remember a couple of years ago, and I should reread it again, Zenzeli, A Letter to My Daughter. I don't know who the author was, but that was the book. And I, I, it was, was that this, about Miriam Makeba? No. No, but a South African. Yeah. And her mother, it was a letter that she was writing to her daughter. I also like um, the God Never Blinks. So these are 50 oh. short essays. Um, oh, these are your... You got folks. You're giving a great <laughs> yeah. list. This so, is a reader. Yeah. So, so that, um, yeah. So there, you know, okay. there are tons of yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are good. Nice, 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 nice. Well, Natasha, it's so it's been lovely hosting you, number one. Not only not only for the podcast, but also here in yes. my city. And uh, so, before we move on, and I let you. Let us get ready for dinner. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tell us one thing, two things. What has been your favorite experience here in Ghana? And then last words for now. The beach. The so, beach? Yes, it's a Kosa oh, beach we went to. Yes, 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 so, yes, yes, yes. The beach will always trump everything. I love okay. water. I think the mangoes, because oh, okay. it's my favorite food. But actually, yeah. no, no, no. My all-time favorite thing is the smoothies. Smoothies. From, yes. Um, Nourish Labs. Nour- yes, Nourish, Nourish Labs. Labs smoothies. Yeah. 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 If and I tell the, you people that yes. we ordered in today yes. because she needed yes. the smoothie. Yes. I'm obsessed. <laughs> but it is one of my favorite. My favorite. So, yeah. Yeah. And we went yes. there because it was one of your favorite. Yes. And yes. Okay, so, good. So, yeah. I see why. Mm-hmm. And then the last question was... Words, last words for now. How would you like to sign off? Well, you know, listen, it's April. So we are mm-hmm. a third mm-hmm. into this year. Mm-hmm. And so I suppose that I would say in the vein of what I do is there's still time to be great. And so mm-hmm. whatever it is that people are wanting to do and... Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. You yeah. still have, you yeah. know, we're four months, four yeah. months in. Four, yeah. yeah, four months in. Yeah. So we're just at the beginning of yeah. Q2. yeah. 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 So it's so. a good, it's a good time to either remind yourselves of what you want to do with 2022, mm-hmm. or continue to do what you're doing in 2022, or begin to do. Yes. Yes. Good. I like that. I like that. All right, local citizens. This has been another episode of podcast. You can catch us each and every Tuesday with new episodes at localcitizenspod.com and wherever you get your podcast. Please do subscribe listen, 
listen again, listen, <laughs> no, give us a review. It helps people find the podcast. So please do that. Um, share with a friend, talk about it on your socials, share, share the audiogram, visit us on our socials, do all those things that help good content get distributed widely. And I think that's all for me today. So until next time, bye for now.